0: Welcome to the Gigabyte Weekly Podcast. This is episode 10, and we're going to be kind of going back to the basics a little bit. We're going to be talking about how and why you should invest in crypto as opposed to maybe not investing at all, and maybe even taking a little bit of a look at why you should do that over other more traditional investments like equity markets. Enjoy. And we're back. James, as I said in the intro, it's episode 10 now. How are you? Thanks for joining.
1: Doing really good, Sam. Like you said, episode ten, you know, it's a bit of a milestone for the Gigabyte Weekly, I think.
0: Yeah, it's ten weeks of this now, which is um it's it's been an enjoyable experience. And like I think for me the best part is that we're like we're we're teaching other people, you know, people that I know in real life that are That are learning things about crypto and you know maybe some people still find it a little bit difficult but like I said in the intro this one could not be more basic we're really bringing this down you know we spoke with some clients recently and we really want to just make sure everyone understands everything we're talking about and we're going to the bare minimum of crypto the real crux of it James.
1: I completely agree, Sam. I actually think it's also a good thing for you and me just to kind of go back to the basics. You know, it, it's like you said. I think the most enjoyable part is definitely the educating everybody. But I think I think more for myself personally, I've also learned a lot doing the research for these episodes. You know, just talking about it, having these open discussions.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's definitely a skill to be able to learn, to be able to teach, and and like maybe make like uh difficult and complex topics really easily digestible for anyone and that's kind of what we're trying to do but James we'll get straight into it so like I said we're going to be talking about how and why you should invest in crypto and you know it's it's a slight different differentiation from our wealth creation in crypto which is now our most listened to podcast we're going to be kind of talking about the very basics kind of almost like why should you invest in general because you know a lot of people that are a bit younger, maybe they're in college, maybe just out of college, you know, a lot of people don't even get into investing until they're way later in life. And you're you're missing out in what's probably your best asset at that time, which is time itself. You know, like compound interest is your best friend. And that, that definitely is why a lot of people make money from the stock market, for example. But James, we'll, we'll get right into it anyway. So why should you invest in crypto? So why should you not keep your money in a bank account or a credit union account?
1: Well, I think it's the very basic answer is that you're not making any money in a bank or credit union anymore. I mean, I think in Ireland, it's a, the highest earning savings account is 0.85% a year, which is kind of, it's, I mean, it's, it's actually a bit of an insult when you think about it, where in any single other market, aside from cash, you're talking at this rate, a bare minimum of between 8 and like 10% interest a year. So like you said, time is your best friend, but when you're in just a cash, you know, if if you're in just a cash account, time is actually your your enemy because you're getting killed by inflation so it's the complete opposite when you kind of get into that investing mindset so i think that if i was answering this question completely personally it really is the fact that you're not making any money in any other way right now
0: yeah, so just to kind of go back and, and look at these numbers. So like you said, the highest one that we could find, we had a quick look and Ulster Bank was the highest. Uh, and, and these are averages. There's going to be some that are a bit bigger, but 0.85% is your average return on holding your money in a bank account, right? But if we compare that to inflation, now inflation is where basically bu- the buying power of money goes down. Your money is worth less, right? So the inflation rate right now is actually at 4%. And this is kind of as a backlog from COVID, you know, money was printed a lot more than than is traditional, and like the US, for example, but there's looming concerns over inflation right now.
1: Just to make another point on that, Sam, usually inflation and interest rates, you know, as inflation rises, interest rates tend to rise with them. It's actually the complete opposite right now. Interest rates have been dropping and dropping and dropping. And like you said there, especially, you know, obviously the pandemic has made inflation go up, but inflation is not skyrocketed but it's a lot higher than people are comfortable with and the interest rates are are a lot lower than people are comfortable with.
0: Yeah, often, like traditionally in Ireland, like we've had like 1% to 2%, sometimes lower than 1%, like it does fluctuate quite a bit depending on the greater macro conditions in the economy. But, you know, we're at quite a high inflation rate right now which means your money sitting in a bank account is losing a lot more money than you would by just holding it in other things, you know, and we're going to be talking about that now. So... It's important to understand the basic The basic primary layer is holding all of your money in a bank account is not a good idea. So that's where we come into it. So we'll talk about maybe equity markets first. So the average returns over the, like, the last 100 years or so in the stock market, the US stock market, is around 7-8%. Now, with the compound interest, you're generating a lot of income over a long period of time. So just holding your money in the stock market is so much better than a bank account.
1: Just to, I know I say this a lot, but to make a point on that again, Sam, uh, Warren Buffett has said the best trade that anybody could have ever made is to buy the S&P 500 just after the Great Depression. It just shows the power of compound interest.
0: Yeah. I mean, like the more time you have in the market, it, it will always be timing the market, another Warren Buffett quote there. Um, and then, you know, we're a crypto podcast, we're a crypto company, we're going to bring it back to crypto. So we said stocks average of around 7 8%. So this year alone... Bitcoin, just Bitcoin, returned three hundred and fourteen percent, which is quite dramatically different to any other percent you'll find. And it's important to note, and we will talk about that market conditions were perfect for this to happen. you know we this this year was a great year for crypto, and you know it'll this will happen again over the next couple of years. It's very cyclical, but you can't expect every year for this to happen, you know long term. You're going to make a lot of money on crypto, right? But short term, you can't expect that we're going to have like a year like we just did. So James, are, are you up to date with me now? Or we're catching up.
1: You yeah, know, I'm completely, Sam. And um, it's kind of like you said there, the, the markets align perfectly because 2020 was the year of the halving. And if you listen to our podcast and read our blogs, you know about the Bitcoin halving event. The following two years tend to really be super bullish, gets everybody excited, drags everybody in, and then most people can't handle the, the subsequent um, bear market the following two years. But um, with the pandemic setting in right around the halving event, you know, Bitcoin became such a hot topic because like you said, inflation was a huge concern. Uh, Bitcoin is traditionally seen as a hedge against inflation. So it's kind of like these two worlds mess at the perfect time.
0: Yeah. And like we did talk about this in some of our other podcasts as well. Like a lot of these topics are kind of recurring themes, but Bitcoin is going to be one of the strongest hedges against inflation in the future. Not right now. You know, we are betting on the future because right now it's a very volatile asset, right? Everyone knows that crypto is volatile. Over the long term, we're expecting that it's going to just even out and it'll be just algorithmically scarce, which is like, it's just better digital gold, essentially. That's that's what that's our stance on Bitcoin anyway. And that's what we see the use case. And you brought up there, then, James, the concept of bear and bull markets. Do you want to explain that to us before we go to the next section? Yeah,
1: so like you said, Sam, Bitcoin is algorithmically scarce. Bitcoin is basically one big algorithm. It's a computer program that runs on nodes. And these nodes are anybody who mines, holds Bitcoin. So it's the whole network is kind of connected together. And every pretty pretty much every four years something called a halving event occurs where the supply of new bitcoins hitting the market halves and that has to do with mining and it's you know it's the natural cycle of bitcoin because there's 21 million bitcoins currently available and i think 18.4 million uh sorry there's 21 million bitcoins um in total supply and i think 18.4 million are currently circulating so the next it's it's there's about three million left but the last Bitcoin won't be mined until, 20, I think it's post 2100. So every four years, the supply is getting slower and slower and less and less. And that is creating this kind of perfect storm for the price of, it, of Bitcoin to increase because it gives enough time for a bull market to really set in. And unfortunately, it's enough time for the bear market to feel really bad. And, you know, every four years we get this Bitcoin winter. You know, it happened in 2018, 2019. It happened before and it will happen again and again and again. And people who panic sell in these often miss out on the humongous bull market that follows.
0: Yeah, so that kind of brings us into the, one of the most important questions that, around investing in crypto, which is when should you buy and sell? And this correlates perfectly with the bear bull kind of idea, ideological way of thinking, right? So the bear market basically means when the market is red. You know, it everything's a lot more volatile, but also they're usually downward trends, right? And bull is the opposite. So we real creation, real wealth creation is made during the bear markets. When you buy, when it's low, you wait a couple of years, four years usually is the maximum you'd be waiting for the next bull market. And you're going to see some phenomenal returns. For example, Ethereum last summer was trading around $200 a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago it was trading at over 4,000 you know and that's in the space of a year so the market conditions do determine a lot so best best thing to do is usually buy during bear markets and sell during bull markets that's when you're going to make the highest returns just the basics and obviously there are different trends within that and like that's a very oversimplification of things but that's kind of the basic thing to follow so then james how much do you think, is do, Is there any specific amount that you need to invest into crypto? Should pe- What would you think in general? I mean,
1: absolutely not. Like, if you listen to our first podcast, you understand that Bitcoin is divisible, uh, divisible up to eight decimal places. So, I mean, you can buy a cent worth of Bitcoin. Like, it's not like you have to buy one Bitcoin. You don't have to buy one Ethereum. These things are divisible up to thousands of the units. So, any amount is okay. Obviously, you know, we're slightly... We're, we are more inherently bullish because of the company we run, but um, it is important to know that you don't need to be rich to buy Bitcoin, to buy crypto. Anybody can do it. Like Anybody and anyone can do it.
0: Yeah, and I think like, it is important. Like One Bitcoin, as of right now, from a few minutes ago when we checked, one Bitcoin was $42,000, right? You shouldn't think of that as a barrier of entry into crypto. You don't have to have 42000 just sitting around and buy a Bitcoin, right? That's not really what most strategies would be. The best thing to, be, to do would be maybe any spare cash. Like, the most important thing is in terms of how much you should invest is whatever you're willing to lose. That is the key. You you cannot put more in. Don't don't you know buy crypto on borrowed asset, borrowed money of any sort either. That's kind of the basics, and that should go without saying.
1: That and also Sam, an important thing to bring up there is leverage. People can get sucked into leverage in the crypto markets because it's inherently an unregulated asset class. Some exchanges um, are offering over hundred x leverage, and you know most people who you know just a simple check on our website. If you're listening to our blogs, you read our, um, sorry, if you're listening to our podcast and reading our blogs, you understand where we stand on leverage. We absolutely do not recommend it. We don't touch it. Um, No client's money is ever involved in any leverage trade whatsoever. But uh, people in bull markets often get sucked into leverage. And, you know, a a common retracement in a bull market is plus 20%. Like it happens all the time. And people panic sell. And if you look at like liquidations in bull markets are actually substantially higher than liquidations in bear markets. Because people get over-leveraged, they get too excited, and then they get uh, margin called on the slightest pullback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the basics are don't invest more than you're willing to lose. But, you know, also within that, you should diversify a little bit, you know. Um I think like you shouldn't put all of your money into anything ever, right? It's best to just hedge yourself in multiple different ways. And we were kind of, that's why people should invest in crypto that are maybe invested into traditional things like real estate, commodities, the equity markets, like stocks or whatever, right? It's a good idea because even if they say you should put at least 1% of your net worth into crypto, that's kind of the, the saying. And that's a little bit outdated now. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast there, two or three weeks ago we kind of talked a lot more about how millennial millionaires hold a lot more of their wealth in crypto it's like 25% of their wealth is in that Um, but it's it's a good thing to do you know you're diversifying into many different types of markets and you're, you're getting the benefits and reaping the rewards of as many as you possibly can so then James I think the next logical place to go is how
1: can you actually invest in crypto what is say step one Step one would be to open up a wallet somewhere. And I say wallet, not exchange. Um, many people think that the only place you can um, hold crypto is on an exchange. I mean, Sam, I think you probably are going to agree with me on this, but I think the worst place you can hold crypto is on an, ex- is on an exchange. Just because um, there's the classic saying, not your keys, not your wallets. Um, you are susceptible to attacks within that exchange. And anyone who comes into that, who, who like any attacker who goes onto that exchange, if they hack in and get the so-called master keys, they can basically empty out everybody's wallet. And it's, there's not anything you can do because there's no, you know, government scheme that's going to refund you all your money. Like it's it's kind of not, not that if you're not stupid if you hold your money on an exchange, it's just an uneducated thing to do, I think.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what we do as well. You know, we, we mentioned this to clients and like within crypto, security has to be the most important priority of all. And, you know, that's why we have cold storage wallets, which the state of the art, the only thing that is unhackable. You can't touch it. And that's like it's it's it's, it's a, there's a lot of there's a barrier of entry definitely into crypto in, in that regards. That's why, you know, people come to us. They say, I don't know a thing about it. Just here's the money put it into this, this, and this, and we secure it storily for you, right? You know, and it, there's something to be said for that. But I, you said you think that setting up a wallet, and that is definitely difficult for people that aren't very tech savvy, you know. um, You know, I would say before even doing that, the first thing you should do is research. I, I would say, you know, crypto requires a really, really diligent research process.
1: I completely agree, Sam. Um, the research is tough. It's tedious. I mean, there's so many different sources, it's very hard to verify where these sources come from, you know. A lot of the stuff you read on Twitter, Facebook, just like, you know, everything, there is a lot of scams in crypto and it can be hard to filter out those scams and find reputable news sources. Um, you know, a a good place to go would be CoinDesk. That's kind of like the, the the gold standard when it comes to a crypto newspaper, things like that. Um, you know, some good podcasts, blogs, you know, th- there's a lot of good stuff online, but there's also a lot of bad stuff online and that is also one of the reasons that people come to us they don't have the time or the energy to go and do the research themselves and um, you know all of our funds are subject to change you know if we decide that actually something we have within a fund we don't like anymore we take that out and replace it with something good and you know we do the research we have a kind of a step-by-step process in how we do that and i think that is also what helps us deliver these fantastic returns which we've been seeing this year
0: yeah it's like it's important to kind of keep on top of your crypto you know because market conditions can change in a second in this space it's important that you're up to date with all your research all the current affairs news even macroeconomic trends you know like we've seen it's quite topical at the moment the evergrande situation in china which is for those that don't know the second largest property development company in china which is massive was looking like it was going to default on some of its loan repayments and the interest payments.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they had, well, I think they have $800 billion in debts, and um, on Thursday this week, so tomorrow, they are due to pay interest. And it's looking like they're going to be able to pay it. But, you know, up until this morning, there was a general consensus that they were going to default on this debt, which would have just been catastrophic for China.
0: Yeah, and like with that, you know, the second largest economy going under a little bit. That's going to affect all markets and although not directly correlated, the crypto market would be affected by that the same way the stock market would, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, crypto is really subject to risk on, risk off moments in the markets now because it's grown so big. um, Short term, there is a bit of a correlation between, let's say, the S&P and Bitcoin. Long term, it tends to deviate. But if the market wakes up risk off, Bitcoin is likely to sell off. If it wakes up risk on, Bitcoin is going to have a great day. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's complicated
0: market for those that don't have the time. But like we'll we'll come, we'll keep coming back to it. But that is what we do. We put the time in. But um, yeah, like I think the process would be for me at least research right research the cryptos assets that you want to buy and then setting up a wallet then maybe picking an exchange that you want to buy from you know exchanges like everything you need to do your research into you know you make sure you're buying from a reputable one one that's as regulated as possible that that goes through anti-money laundering and kyc procedures it is important you know people and diehard fans in crypto traditionally would be against the regulation and the centralization of these exchanges but it is important to move forward as an asset class that we do have these things and then even like going further down the the rabbit hole the likes of staking you know that's something worth considering because a lot of coins and and tokens these days can can be staked james what, what what do you think about staking is that really like an essential thing to do in crypto or
1: i think if you're trying to maximize your return you can't really not stake i mean if you are trading any erc20 token i mean most tokens now apart from you know the slightly older ones such as you know bitcoin litecoin dogecoin those ones almost everything can be staked now um so like what harm can you get from earning an extra five percent APY per year, especially in a bear market. You know, you might want to have some liquidity in a bull market to buy, sell, take out, take profit, whatever, but in a bear market, having that kind of fallback of the extra five percent per year is such a kind of is such a rewarding thing.
0: Yeah, and even the likes of stable coins can be staked which we've discussed previously before, and I don't really want to divulge too into that right now because we've got one last thing to, to cover, which is kind of like the strategies of investing. And one thing that I would say in crypto is just, it, it exists in other markets and it's a common enough practice, but on crypto it, it can't be undersold. What is dollar cost averaging, James?
1: Yes, yeah, so dollar cost averaging is really setting aside a certain amount each time period, I'm going to call it, so it can be week month, um, quarter, biweekly, whatever you're comfortable with. It's setting aside a certain amount of money every every period and putting that into the markets, into your diversified portfolio, hopefully.
0: And, and what are the advantages of, of doing that? Like, Why should someone dollar cost average or DCA instead of just putting their lump sum, say 20, 30 grand in at once?
1: Because you can never time the market correctly. It's pretty much impossible to Um, if you're thinking short term okay fine putting it in hoping it'll go up for a hail mary is fine but if you're if you're in this for the long term and you thoroughly believe in the technology and the asset class putting aside that money every month is a going to instill good habits for investing because you're likely gonna you're gonna reduce your entry cost in a bear market and yes you are going to increase your entry cost in a bull market but you're still going to be kind of acquiring more and more of the coins. So your dollar value will be going up, but also the amount of the physical coins you hold will be going up, which will do really well in the subsequent um, bear market and also really, really well in the following bull markets.
0: Yeah, okay. And I think that's a, a good way to, to kind of wrap things up. I know this might be, for those that have been listening along regularly, this might seem like this is baby steps to you now. I hope you would have learned enough now that you consider this quite a an amateur level. Uh, we just kind of wanted to go back to the basics. I know we've got more new listeners who maybe have missed the the progress that we've all made. And, you know, maybe some new clients or whoever might be interested in, in listening about the basics of crypto and why you should invest in it. I hope this has kind of just served as just the real introduction. And then I suggest maybe going through and listening to some of our other ones as well. Uh, I think we'll leave it there, James. Is that all right with
1: you? That's fine, you know, and if I could just make some closing thoughts as well, Sam, I'd say, you know, to all our listeners, all our new clients, whatever, your best bet is just a nice diversified portfolio, dollar cost averaging in. I mean, it's almost impossible to go wrong that way.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. See you guys next week.
1: I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into episode 10 of of the Gigabyte Weekly. And obviously, this is a milestone episode. And for that reason, we've taken a step back in complexity and just kind of rehashed the basics of what is crypto, you know, what is Gigabyte Investment. And to all our new listeners out there, um, just a few things you can expect from this podcast. You know, we are going to be coming back to the basics every now and then. And also, some weeks we're going to be going into more complex topics. And, you know, if you like what you heard, check out our website, gigabyteinvestment.com. We have a few blogs posted where we're talking about this even more. and um, You know, for the likes of Staking, DeFi, everything like that, we have blogs posted and also podcasts posted about those. And we post those on Twitter at Gigabyte Invest as well. Also on our LinkedIn, just Gigabyte Investment. And yeah, we'll catch you next week.